It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hey, I'm WBEZ reporter Monica Eng, and on a recent chilly Tuesday morning, I met up with questioner Jeannie Cuff. Before we talked about her question, she thought it would be helpful for me to meet her next-door neighbor, Sandy. See, Jeannie and Sandy have lived side-by-side for more than a decade, and they've got a complicated relationship. Here's why. Oh, hello. I'm Sandy Laverini. I live in the Portage Park neighborhood. Uh, And what I have in my backyard is a typical Chicago backyard where I have 14 chickens and two goats at the moment. And you never know what might come next. Sandy's got long gray hair and a warm smile. She takes us into her backyard. Hi, girls. It's so muddy. Here we meet cats, chickens, and goats. They roam around a series of pens, barns, and walkways, and generally don't make too much trouble. But there was that one night last summer when one of them made quite a racket. I'll let the two neighbors explain. Jeannie starts. In July, one of the goats gave birth at 3 in the morning. And you thought someone was being killed outside. Because <laughs> of this horrible screaming noise. Yes. <laughs> and I did just stand by and watch, and it was astonishing, and it was amazing. But also a little baffling to her neighbor, Jeannie. When we got back to Jeannie's house, she explained she'd never imagined she'd be woken by a screaming goat in Chicago. And this wasn't her first surprising livestock encounter in the city. Like her babysitter? Had a 350-pound pig in her North Center bungalow. Yes, you heard that. A 350-pound hog living smack dab on Chicago's north side. Now, Jeannie doesn't oppose a little backyard livestock as long as she can sleep through the night. But she does wonder, in Chicago... Is there a limit on livestock? Is there a limit on pigs? Or is there a limit on goats or chickens? Or That's what got me interested in it. Well, Jeannie, the short answer is no. There's really no set limit on the number or even types of farm animals Chicagoans can keep. There are some codes against slaughtering them, dirty pens, and excessive noise. But here, that noise has to be loud, last more than 10 minutes. And it has to be witnessed by a city officer or sworn to by three irritated neighbors. See, in most surrounding suburbs, they've slapped down tough livestock bans and restrictions in the last decade. But in Chicago, you know, the town that was mythically burned down by a clumsy cow, those limits just don't exist. And Janie thinks that's pretty weird. I work up in Vernon Hills, and everybody there lives out in the suburbs, and they're all shocked that I have chickens next door. I'm like, chickens? Chickens are nothing. I've got goats. Which raises another question. Why would urban Chicago have looser livestock rules than its less urban suburbs? It seems like there are two main reasons. One is a matter of community identity. Martha Boyd is a big urban agriculture enthusiast. And she says a lot of suburbs that passed bans were trying to redefine their image. Like, we're not this rural place anymore. We're getting more sophisticated. And so the livestock is seen as sort of a throwback. And I think a lot of what's going on in more urban areas is people um, getting interested in livestock who are concerned about the food supply, concerned about the quality of their food, concerned about animal care, wanting to live sustainably. And over the years, those back to the um, yard types, they've become a force, a kind of chicken lover army. And that takes us to our second reason Chicago's livestock rules are so loose. 
these Chicagoland chicken enthusiasts, that's their actual name, they've become super well-organized and today make up this network of people on the listserv that's somewhere between six and 700 people right now. That's Boyd, the urban ag enthusiast again. And she's kind of the general in this chicken-loving army. So when lawmakers try to peck away at livestock liberties, Boyd sounds the call and the group responds. Like, they, they contact each other. If, we, if somebody puts a word out, other people step up. I've been really impressed by the group. The chicken enthusiasts first spread their wings in 2007. That's when 18th Ward Alderman Lona Lane was pushing for a total chicken-keeping ban. She said the practice was dirty or worse. Here she is in the 2007 hearings. The stench and the smell from their feathers, their bodies, are creating a lot of debris and a lot of havoc among neighbors. Also, these neighbors are killing these chickens, and they're letting them run around in their backyards without a head, like they're doing some kind of sacrifice. But the chicken folks said this wasn't about sacrifice. This was about fresh eggs. So they made calls, went to meetings, talked to lawmakers, and squelched the ordinance. Later, Boyd heard that a pro-chicken city council insider also played a role. This is Chicago, of course. But the chicken lobby had marked its territory. So in 2012, when an alderman pushed for new restrictions, the chicken cabal was ready with a compromise proposal. But it turned out they never needed it. Another big chicken issue ended up distracting the alderman. Chicago Alderman Joe Marino is one of the officials trying to block Chick-fil-A from opening new stores in his city. He represents Chicago. So does that mean Chicago livestock keepers are safe? Or could the alderman strike again? I talked to the new alderman in Lona Lane's 18th Ward, where dirty chickens were allegedly running around with their heads cut off. Here's her successor, Derek Curtis. Personally, since I've been in office, we have not gotten any calls about problems with raising livestock at all. Okay, so no plans in the near future to bring up some sort of chicken ban? A chicken ordinance. Absolutely not for me. So if you're a Chicagoan who's always wanted to fill your yard with livestock... This might be a really good time. We bring all this information back to Jeannie. I tell her that as far as number limits go, you could have 100 pigs in your yard. And I ask what she thinks. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's ter- it's, yeah, but who would have 100 pigs in their backyard? Well, no one. And the noise, slaughter, and sanitation codes would probably stop that anyway, which offers Jeannie some comfort. Plus, there are some perks to livestock-owning neighbors. I get fresh eggs when the chickens are in an egg-laying mood, which is nice, which is very nice. So then I give her cookies or quiche or something that I make from there. And P.S., the goats won't be bothering Jeannie anymore. They proved a little too rowdy for Sandy and her family, so she sent them back to the farm, far outside city limits. Reporting on the story came from me, Monica Eng. Support comes from the Conant Family Foundation. Next time on Curious City, if you are homeless in Chicago, it can be tough to stay warm in the winter. But you learn tricks, like how to avoid getting robbed on CTA trains. If you sleep, make sure you have your back to the side seats, your hands tucked over your bag. So if they had to get go on your bag, they had to tug it, and then they will wake you up. Trains, libraries, lobbies, and the struggle to stay warm, dry, and safe when you have no home. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City.
Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.